We're in First uh, Corinthians 13, um, and if you're visiting with us and you would like the, uh, the book booklet that we put together for this class, it's up here. Be sure and get you one on the way out. You guys might want one from Arkansas. I don't know. Uh, but you're uh, certainly welcome to, to have it, and we'll make more. Um, we're to the word rude. And go back and help me out now. What are the words that we've had so far? The first two are very positive. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love is not proud, proud puffed up, arrogant, all, all of those words. And now, love is not rude. Now, do we have to look very far? Do we have to look very far for rudeness in our society? We have become the most... I mean, growing up in the 60s with all the... Uh, Things that were in the streets and the burning the cities and over the you know the Vietnam War and all the racial things and all of I mean it was it was a the sexual uh, revolution and all of that Ex very exciting to live through that but also very very nothing like this with, with the TV and the, uh, all of the news and the elections I mean people are not people are rude in, in a lot of cases God said don't be rude. Don't do that. That's hard not to do sometimes, isn't it? When people are rude to you, what's our normal reaction? Well, normal, but oftentimes what is our reaction? Oh yeah? I'll show you rude here. <laughs> well, Jesus said don't, don't do that. Uh, do not do that. Uh, in the original Greek, the word literally means, and you can read it as well as I do, but I think it's important for the folks who are watching it online. <clears throat> we have people in Qatar and Holland and all kinds of places that that uh, watch these 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 uh, this class these classes. Roots uh, in the Greek says, "Do not act unbecomingly or without graciousness." What's the root word of graciousness? Grace. Grace. Said. Don't be ungracious. Uh, it it, it cares with the idea of shameful, disgraceful behavior. I like that shameful. That to me just really rings a bell. People well, well, should be ashamed of their actions, and they are not. They're not. Unfortunately, they're not. In the uh, also in, in the old English. <coughs> Uh, you know, 500, 600, 700, we talked, you know, this morning in the 1300s, about that time, back when England had kings and queens and all of that, um, the, the word, wait, I did it for you. <coughs> What's the opposite of rudeness? Courteous. Oh, brilliant class. Uh, courteous. In the original, you know, 500, 600 years ago, with kings and queens and all of that, uh, the word meant, uh, see if I've got it here, uh, courteous, to act in the way of the court. Courteous, 
created, courteous, to act in the way of the court. And the idea being that if you were a servant in the uh, service of the king, you were expected to act a certain way, to be courteous, to act with grace, that kind of thing. So are we in the service of a king? How are we expected to act? To act in the way of the court. We are the court of the, we're in the court of the king, and we and we're expected to act that way. Now here's the rub. Do we always do that? We do not. Mitch does not. And I suspect did, did they kick on the heat? Oh my goodness. This is, this is not this is not going to work this heat. Do you see anybody see what they can do there? Uh, it's, I know it's a little hotter up here than it is out there, but uh, uh, um, we're in the court of the king. Now we're we're going to we're going to look at some um, we're going to look at several passages tonight, uh, today and, and Wednesday night. So I don't want to jump too far ahead. Um, but we are expected to act in a certain way because of who we serve. I think as you're talking about rudeness, the one thing that keeps coming up in my mind, the opposite, is reminds me of the verse that says, let your gentleness be known to all men. And, and like what you talked about, that's hard to do when people are rude to us. It's not the natural instinct to be gentle to uh -huh. return. It's not natural to hang on a cross either, is it? But he did. And he says, you can be kind, and you can be patient, and you can not be rude. Bruce. Um, I just wanted to share a really quick story that happened actually this morning. Um, Doug is preaching down in Tucson, and the widows are in California, so I, so I took the bus down here this morning. Um, and there was this gentleman on his phone talking very loudly on the bus. And the bus driver asked him to keep it down a little bit. Other people were asking him to keep it down a little bit. Um, but he just kept going on. And, uh, and one of the other passengers went up to him and started to confront him. And I'm like, this, this is not going to end well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they were they were actually threatening to fight each other. So yeah, um, we we're um, I think Austin mentioned this in, in uh, when we were talking about patience. You know, water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. A lot of people walk around at 200. <laughs> we do. We need to walk around at a lower temperature. Then those things are not as apt to happen. Now some of us, we have sort of a predisposition to be a little bit toward that higher temperature. You've got to watch that. You've got to watch that so you don't have these situations. Uh, back when I worked for a living, I still work, I just don't get paid for it. Um, <laughs> I used to get upgraded quite a bit to first class because I, I flew so much. And uh, that was a really nice present a gift, an act of grace, if you will. And it was nice to sit up there with, uh, you know, your 
the hot towels on your face and all, and, and all the food we got to eat, and all the people walking back there going, good luck to you. <laughs> so, got upgraded, and it was quite an act of grace, and I, I, I really enjoyed that and, and uh, appreciated that. Ran into, you'd hear some things, you know, a few rows back occasionally, not too often, where a guy would actually have paid. See, I, I paid for coach and got upgraded to first class. That's kind of cool. But people would pay for first class, and they would be upset sometimes, particularly the guys. Uh, you know, the, you didn't get the pillow to me quick enough. You, uh, you know, the drink wasn't as close as, as, you know, when I sat down, I expect all of these things and just da 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 Just rude. Like the flight attendant had a lot to do with that. I mean, think about God's upgrade to us. We've been upgraded from sinner to what? Saint. We've been upgraded from guilty forgiven or justified. And just like being given that free upgrade to first class I didn't pay for, we, we, we've we been given a free gift. And what is that? Salvation. Salvation. Uh, but, but do we act like it sometimes? Really? Do we? Sometimes do we really act like it? Sometimes we don't. Um... Give me some. Give me some examples of of of. Well, I don't want to get into that too much. Actually, we've already got some. I was going to say examples of being rude, but can can we be rude? See item C there, where it says, uh, "Give examples of religiously being rude, being without grace or graciousness, uh, acting unbecomingly, shameful, disgraceful behavior." Can we do that religiously? The thing that upsets me the most, and I know you've heard it a lot as well as I have, telling someone else they're wrong instead of telling them how to be right religiously. And that to me is very rude. And you're going to turn them off. You will. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, Ken Leach, when he was here, he, he would say, uh, uh, in, in this kind of a context, um, uh, you're going to hell. Do you want to have a Bible study? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. No, you, I'm walking out. You people don't want to hear that. There's a way to approach things. I mean, I've seen this <clears throat> as, as, when I was much younger where there would be brothers who would uh, uh, want to get into a fist fight over, uh, uh, over some passage that they disagreed with. Well, that's rude. That's very rude. That's discourteous. That's shameful. You, you know, we can't do that. Um, you know, some of us, just like Chuck mentioned this morning, uh, they learn the truth through a mailer, in, you know, in the mail. Uh, so some of us have been members of the church for, in my case, six generations. We don't appreciate sometimes what people who... Or we expect everybody to know what we know with a background that not everybody has our background. Some people grew up very, very rough in relationships that were very, very difficult. And even that are going through relationships that are very difficult now, sometimes we just don't, we're not as empathetic as, as, we, as we should be sometimes. Well, even people that grow up in the church 
when bad things happen to them, what do they do? They immediately blame God and turn away. Mm -hmm. That happens? That happens? So when you're dealing with the world who's never known God, you can't approach them without grace. You have to do it very gently. <laughs> you do. Now what might that take? A lot of... <laughs> A lot of patience. I'm, I'm working with my neighbor across the hall now. And I, I want to tell her so badly, you're wrong. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Someone turn to Matthew 26, 22 real quickly, and someone turn to John 12 and verse 6. John 12 and verse 6. Now let's look at the master here. Uh, John 12 and verse 6 and Matthew 26, 22. Now Jesus is within just a few hours, a day or so, uh, of being crucified. Matthew 26, 22, read that. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? In that context, remember? Jesus, it's a Passover. He's going to be, he's going to be uh, tortured and killed here in the next few hours. Now, read John 12 and verse 6 to give you a little more context. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used it to take what was put in it. Who's he talking about there? Judas. Judas and the other eleven had walked with the Lord had slept in the same place as the Lord had slept, ate the same food the Lord ate, saw all the miracles that all twelve saw, but on the night of their betrayal, they, they seemed to be surprised about who this among us is going to betray you, Lord. What would we have done for three years with Judas? We'd have browbeat him into submission. He probably was a very He's a thief. This guy, why, why did they not know? Because the Lord treated him just like the rest the of them. The Lord treated him just like he treated the other eleven, knowing in just a few hours this man's going to betray me and have me killed. And during all of their walks, they walked for hundreds of miles, maybe a thousand of miles. All of their what Jesus still taught him like he taught the rest of them, knowing what was going to happen. He was he was not rude to Judas. He was courteous to Judas. Can we be? We should be. I, I find that example is just, it, it's just mind-blowing to me that Jesus could have treated him so well that the others didn't know which of the twelve are going to be the person that betrayed him. he loved him. He did love him. I, 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 just, I, I, I just love that example. I, I really do. Anybody got any comments on that before we... Okay. Point B up there was, love can be courteous, tactful, isn't that true? Polite and respectful without compromising the truth. Explain that to me, Alan. And I could if I had the ability... <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> we know better than that. <laughs> it's tough to be tactful and, and not and not you know shade the truth a little bit. Um, but you know what this class is teaching me is that you know 
being rude is not the not the problem. The fact that we don't love people like we should is the problem. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you love somebody, all of a sudden it's a lot easier to be courteous. It is, and it's a lot easier to be tactful and say what you need to say. And so, um, that's the biggest thing I'm getting out of this class is that when I when I look at my problems with being rude and being stressed out and saying things I shouldn't say, it's it's oftentimes because I don't love the person enough that I'm dealing with. Right. That's exactly right. I know you can do it. <laughs> Craig and then Mike. Just a quick piggyback on that. Sure. Think about Ken Leachisms is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It kind of goes hand in hand with that. But it's easier to maybe that tact is easier to express if you're really coming from a, a standpoint of I'm, I truly care about you. And now how can I say that? If that truly comes across, it'll be a lot easier to then come across in a tactful love. You know, the Kenism didn't come to my mind okay. when he said, you know, you're going to hell, you want a Bible study? But that, that very thought came to my mind is, yep. you, you can tell people that if they know that you truly love them and you're acting out of their best interest. That's true. You, they can actually receive that. Mm -hmm. But if, you, if they don't believe that you love them, they're not going to accept you saying that. Well, it's just your opinion. Right, right. Yeah, think from their ang angle. I, 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 I empathize with, no, I just I tell her she's wrong. Well, and, and I empathize, I know where you're going with that, but at the end of the day, put yourself in their shoes. You, you telling her she's wrong, what does that mean? I mean, it's your, your opinion. Right. Until you've got the, the care, or certainly the foundation of knowledge she would have to have eventually too, it just doesn't have any meaning. No, those are great points. And, People will not go along with you until they get along with you. Even if they get along with you, they don't go along with you. Uh, as a general rule, I'm talking about. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, there are I'm exceptions. Sorry. No, no, no. No, you're right. There, there are exceptions. There are exceptions, Mikey. Well, no, you're right. I think Craig just said it, but. I know you are. You're very literal. I was going to say about what Craig said, you know, and we talked about that a couple of Wednesday nights ago about. Uh, do we just shake their hand and they're looking away as greeting you this morning? How you doing? Right. Are we paying attention? But I just in your example there, the Lord didn't save everybody. Our oh. example's perfect. Out of twelve, there's only eleven. One of them walked away and walked away early. Yeah. I mean, you, and this this passage, he's a thief. He's been a thief. <clears throat> he had no no need of Jesus other than to walk along and get some money. He lost eight and a half percent of his apostles, yeah. who walked with him every day for three years. And sometimes we get discouraged when we teach it, and we don't. They don't respond well. Just keep teaching. As long as they're breathing, <laughs> there may be hope. I agree. I think that we should. We need to love other people. I think that as a society. We are very judgmental people. We are. So yeah. I think everybody has a story, and instead of trying to judge somebody on what you think they are or what they're doing, I mean, we can stand for the truth and try to teach that, but we need to really let down not to be so much judging. That's true. Someone turn to James 2 and verse 13 real quickly. James 2 and verse 13. It goes exactly along with what Denise was saying. James 2 and verse 13. And there are others. But, but that, that's the one that, that scares me sometimes. James 2 and verse 13. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Oh, boy. 
Judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. In other words, if, if that's how we want to play, the Lord said, okay. But that's how I'm going to judge you. Is that how you, would you like that? No. Well, then what makes you think I'm going to like that? <coughs> That's like we will won't. be forgiven as we forget. <clears throat> that one scares me too, and this this goes right along with it. It does. Uh, I just jotted down a few, and, and you can help me here, and then we're going to move on to the the golden rule, as I you know call it here. Um, sometimes we we forget names. Now, not everybody's good with names. I get that. Uh, sometimes we snatch parking places. <laughs> Sometimes we interrupt others, do we not? I can do that. I've done that. Sometimes we can fail to show up for an appointment and not call. Sometimes those who are habitually late, do we understand that's rudeness? When you make a habit of being late, you're a rude person. You're not considerate of others. Now, we're all going to be late. Can't make a habit of it. Because it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, bode well for you. Pe pe people take that as an affront. They do. There, and there are a, probably a thousand other ways that we're rude. Now, some of them are more serious than others. I get that. But we have to be really careful... Because uh, I suspect Jesus, well, I not suspect, Jesus wasn't any of those things. Now remember, we, on the very first day we said, we're going we're gonna to read all of these with your name in it, and none of us read the first word. Because we couldn't. We put Jesus' name in, and it was flowed smoothly like butter. So that's our, as Alan said, that's our... If that's all we walk away from here in another, you know, whatever, six or eight, seven weeks, whatever it is, if, if we get that and what Craig was saying and others, then the class will have been worthwhile that, we're, that, we, that we just view people differently maybe than we did before. I, I did this this morning. Um, a, a guy who, who comes with his son, and I'll go by and, you know, I'll say, good to see you today. And... <laughs> Today, I've, I've been slapped around lately over that, so I, I said, I stopped. Now, there's five other people kind of waiting to, you know, well, you're going to have to wait because <laughs> how are you, and how, how's your son, how's school, uh, are you looking forward to Turkey Day? It, it just, it doesn't probably mean, but we have to, I think, spend a little time with people instead of just saying Hi, how you doing? In fact, sometimes don't even stop walking. We just, you know, we just keep going. And, and I've been awakened to that a little bit by, by some people, and I appreciate them for doing that to me, uh, to me. And, and to the elders in general. I think that was a good wake-up for us. Listen. Be a little more attentive to people. Does anybody think that's true? Rebecca? I do think that's true, and I think it's really easy to put it all on the part of the person saying hello. But there's also a component to, are you showing love back to the person who's inquiring about your life? I, I think in society in general, that's we true. are so quick to be like, eh, I'm fine. 
So I've, I've made a point of it when people ask me how I'm doing. I'm like, you know what? My blood sugar has been awful. <laughs> I had a cortisone shot and my blood sugar has been over 600 for the last three days. Oh. And I feel like garbage. That's how I'm doing today. But people won't know. You can't relate to someone who doesn't give you anything back. And that's something that strikes me a lot with people who, you know, leave the church or leave a congregation right. because they don't, they say nobody's friendly. Well, everything is a two-way street. If you don't give somebody anything back, they're going to stop trying. Exactly. No, no I, I think that's 100% correct. There, did everybody hear that? It's 100% correct. There's, it, it takes two, doesn't it? That, that, that we do have to, to um, um, on the other end, you know, you, you can't be the first one in, the last one, uh, last one in, the first one out, and uh, sometimes even move to other states and never even say, uh, what do you expect? There's, there's a lot of truth on that side, too. Does everybody agree with that? Okay. Uh, Sharon. I think the world makes us pretty bitter. That, you okay. know, it's... Uh, when we go out in the world, we're at work, whatever, people ask how we are. They're not really asking. They They're don't not. Really care. It's a pleasantry. And That's so true. We, we become very accustomed and very acclimated to just say, well, I'm fine because, you know, maybe I know you don't care or I know that my business is going to be spread everywhere. But we have to remember that this is the church. And That's we right. do have people who are truly willing to help and go far above and beyond. And we do have to tell them that we need help. And that's incredibly hard to do when you become so accustomed it to is. not asking for help. Great point. Out there is different. And we just want to be courteous and we'll do all of that. But remember who, whose court we're in here. Great points. Great points. I love, bo I love both of those. Um, There's a time and a place for everything. And okay. I'm sorry, but if you, if you engage yourself in a deep conversation with everybody that you meet, from the time you park the car to the time that you get into the building, you will never get into the building. So just because somebody asks you how you're doing and you say great or okay or whatever the case may be, it's not maybe the right time to have that conversation. Can you if pick you out need, one? If you need to have the conversation, then it's on that person to say, hey, I'm not doing great, you know, but this is maybe not the time to have that yeah. conversation. Yeah. And then if you really care, then you follow up. That's true. So, uh, and it all starts with relationships. We must have those relationships with one another. That, that, that's absolutely true. Um, but sometimes we may have to have a little, uh, uh, just like Chuck had his little sayings and his, his mother and, and, and her little quilt, maybe we pick out one or two and say, that I'm going to focus on these. That's what I did this morning. Pick out one or two and give them a little extra shot of, of time and concern. You're not going to get everybody. Maybe next week you pick out somebody else. And whatever works for you is fine with me, but um, I'm afraid I looked over people too long and not spent more time with them. Seems to me. That's just me. But what you said, whatever, great points, by the way. Absolutely. So something that I've noticed as a habit for me is that I try to do all of these things like being patient and being kind and, and loving towards the people that I work with, especially with the students because they're just kids. And then I find myself really drained and exhausted by the time that it's Sunday. And so I'm like just kind of like I feel like I'm empty. 
And right. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, like especially when you're dealing with like how like cold the world is. But then it's easy for me to just think like, okay, now I'm in another place where I just have to keep pouring, 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 pouring. And like the world doesn't really give back because it doesn't have Christ. Uh, they don't. Uh, they often don't. And I've used this before, and I know my kids and Veronica probably heard it so they don't want to hear it anymore. But in the back of my desk in my office when I had an office, I had a, a, a cartoon. It was called Monkey Management. <laughs> and Monkey Management had a series of little vignettes, little cartoons, or, or little series. You know, this is, this is uh, episode one, two, three, and so on. And here's the boss at his or her desk. And a, a subordinate's coming down the hallway, and he hears them. Uh-oh. And he has a, a section two, says he's got a worried look on his face. And the, and the employee coming down, he's shuffling, she's shuffling, you know, and he knows trouble's coming. And the next one, he's looking up at the door, and he's got that furrowed brow. And there's a monkey on this person's back. I'm getting to your point here in a second. And the, the monkey is beginning to reach, instead of around the employee's neck, it's beginning to reach toward the boss. And then the next little vignette, the monkey has let go, and he's sitting on the boss's desk. And now he's sweating. And the employee, the last one, the, the, the monkey's on the boss's back, choking him. And the employee is walking down the hallway whistling. We cannot take everyone's problem and make it yours. Now, we all want to. Particularly as teachers, you, you want to solve everybody's problem in your classroom or in your school. You cannot do it. Now, we can be empathetic and we can try to help anybody, but you cannot assume every single person's problems in the church or even at home or at work for sure. Otherwise, they're going to walk down the hallway whistling and you're going to be slowly choking to death with their problems. You see that? Now that's in the context of the business world of school, and I get that. But there's some a good bit. There's a kernel of truth to that even <coughs> in the church. Do you think that's true, or, or am I overreacting? That's true. Yeah. Jesus took them all, and they're gone. And now we do the best we can, and then we turn it over to the Lord. What did that's right? What did Jesus say about the poor? You're always going to have the poor. Do what you can do where you are. Now the word poor, that can be literally poor. It can be poor in spirit. It can be poor in whatever. And you've got to try to help what you can, where you can. But you're going to have the poor with you always. You're going to have people with problems with you always. And primarily, it's their problem. Now, we'll try our best to help Remember Galatians 6, we're going to carry our own packs. That's what that word literally means, a pack. In the military, you know what a pack is. You put a pack on, you're going to carry that pack. Now, if someone falls down because they can't carry that pack or they've got blisters on their feet, what are you going to do? You're going to try to help carry that load a little bit. We have responsibilities to carry our own pack, but sometimes the pack is too heavy. Then we better help them pick that pack up. Forever, 
No, to help you get back on your feet. Because it's still your problem. We're just here to try to help you, Mike. Mike. I heard a, I heard in a class a long time ago, and I don't remember where, but we're supposed to bear one another burden. <coughs> you don't take on one another burden. The comparison is like, I think you said on a Wednesday night, it's like the oxen being hooked together. You go, you take the weaker one with you and carry them until they can work. Right. But you don't take their burdens and take them on to you. You just help them along. And I think we, we I know I do, I lose sight of that because Teresa tells me all the time, all you want to do is fix things. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to fix things and go on to the next thing. I don't want to be bothered with this. Yeah. Thing. That's what men do. We fix stuff. We fix it. You know, that's a great point, Mike. Except some gluing i got to do. Yeah, well, we all do. Women, sometimes, they don't want to... They just want you to listen for crying out loud. He knows it. What she would come home and I say, well, "Well, I'll go to that school. I'll fix that." And she'd go, "Dude, I don't want it fixed. I just want you to listen. Men fix things. So you know why? So we can cross it off our list. We got a list." Listening fixes more things I know. than a hammer and some nails. I understand that. <laughs> well, no, I don't understand that. But that, that, that's men. But we're having to learn. Sometimes women just want you to listen. Uh, it could be, I'm saying women, you know what I'm talking about. But we're wired differently. Just, just, just listen. Mitch, would you, would you be quiet already? <laughs> you're, you're trying to go fix something. I don't even tell you anything is broken yet. Teresa yeah, prefaced that with. I want you to listen to this. That well, means you're not going to fix it. I'm thinking listen. that's the way to go. You need to start doing it. I don't. Yeah, just first, right set out the stage. Set the stage. Nothing's broken. That's right. I want you to listen okay. to me. All right, all right. As dumb as I am, even I can understand that. Sharon? Two points. I do that with my dad because I vent to my parents a lot, and I start the phone with, "Okay, Dad, I'm just gonna vent, and when I'm done, I want you to tell me how right I am." <laughs> I just want you to tell me that you love me, and you're so sorry that my day was bad, and then we're gonna be done with this. But, but when it comes to bearing um, bearing each other's burdens, I think that we can become very encumbered with that to the point where. Um, even women, too, were so nurturing that what we try to do is we're like, well, let me take it from you because I want to show you that I love you. Right. Um, with my students, that got to the point where it was absolutely killing me and, and mm, just right. destroying my physical and mental health. Mm. And so what yeah. I did is That's I true. set some really firm ground rules with the people around me and the people that I interact with. And, you know, I let them know this, this is what you can do. And I train them and the people around me to... Um, I say, you know, I can give you feedback, I can give you be a sounding board for you, I can encourage you, but you're going to do the work, you know, up until the point where sometimes you got to have some pretty stern chats with people, where it's like, look at my face, is this my problem? You can't fix this. Here's your tools, go take care of it. I, w I walked out one day at, uh, at Higley High School, and uh, pretty good mood, like I was most of the time, because I didn't do the work, the kids did work. Um, <laughs> So, and there was this new 22-year-old ASU graduate lady, little lady, pretty big and old and grumpy and all that, and she was young, she was 22 and the students were 18. You, you got two strikes against you, man, I'm telling you, in the high school. They sense blood in the water, you're done. She's going out, her hair's messed up, you know, her, her, her shirt is out of her thing, and I'm just going out feeling pretty good, actually. And uh, she said, I don't know how you leave here... So, with such a good mood, I said, 
Ma'am, I don't do the work. I make them work till their fingers bleed. <laughs> so they don't have time for all the nonsense. I, and I would tell them, I already know this. I've lived it, number one. Number two, I know what's in the book. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for you. And you're going to do the work. And once you get that, you know, the teachers, then make them go home crying with their shirt out and their hair messed up. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And, and, and the lady quit at Christmas. She taught one semester. She knew what ASU taught her, and ASU is a fine school, but she didn't get it. They took advantage of her, boy, and they did it quickly. And me? Take advantage of an old guy like me. So, I got off a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I got off a lot. We're talking about not being rude, Janelle. And I was there to witness it because I was one-on-one -on -one with the students. So, you were probably the most respected teacher of that entire school because the kids respected you for having laid down that groundwork from day one and everything and knew that you were taking this seriously. This wasn't a goof-off class like so many of the other classes, because right. I was in those as well. Um, and they came to you with their problems and everything, and you would help them solve those things. So yeah. they, I mean, they would say that they didn't like that class or whatever, but truly they did, and they respected you for that. Well, I appreciate that. That wasn't why I said all that. But, <laughs> but you were at the school at the time. That's true. Uh, but that's how you teach. Teaching anything. They have to know you care for them. That, that they'll go along with you if they can get along with you and see that you love them. And you're, and you're willing to, to take the heat for them. Most teachers just couldn't wait to, to get out of there and go, go have their drinks. Um, no. We're here to learn, boys and girls. We're going to do it, or you got a problem. Notice, I said, you got a problem. I don't have a problem. But you're fixing to have one. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm really preaching now, boy. Okay, here's, here's two right here. And then... To Giovanna's point, though, about having, sometimes you do feel like your tank's pretty empty. Well, you do. So, yeah. but our responsibility is to be completely primed and ready especially for the first day of the week. Yeah. Because by the end of the week, you do feel, I mean, parents, working people, not working, whatever it is, all of us have things in our lives that that, that drain us. That's and that's true. because we're busy, yeah. and we should yeah. be busy. Yeah. We talked about that, too. Um, so if that means on Saturdays, you don't book yourself super late. Or yeah. maybe you need to have some, some time alone to... To study your Bible before you go to bed on Saturday night. Maybe it means you set your alarm a little early so you yep. can get up and get in the right mind. Whatever it is, it, it, sometimes it takes more of an overt effort than other times. It does. No, that, that's a really good point. Brock and I were talking this morning, coming in, well, uh, or yet was it last night, uh, anyway, the last few hours, that what do people do without the Lord when your tank is empty? Monday, by Wednesday, I mean, you're just down. You're just beat to death. And then Wednesday night, we get a little shot of adrenaline. And then, But folks, without the Lord, this life, well, I guess there's a reason also. He, may, he knows it's, it's either the first or second cause 
of uh, people under age 30 uh, is suicide. They, they, they can't deal with, with society for whatever the reason might be. It's very, very sad. But with the Lord, we know that we have help. He says, said this morning, I'll never leave you nor desert you. Now, there are times when our, we're running on empty. In fact, we're on fumes. And then Sunday comes. You know, I love that scripture. Sunday. <clears throat> Romans 8 that says, the Spirit speaks uh, with words that we can't utter. Sometimes we, we're so, our tank is so empty, all we can do is just say help. But yeah. the Spirit in us talks to God for us and uh, knows what we need. Have you, that's a good point, and we'll... Uh, well, I was going to get further than that today. We'll, we'll, we'll finish it on Wednesday night, but it's okay because I appreciate. Oh, who else had a hand? Oh, Alex. Real, real quick. A little off topic, but it has to do with rudeness. Rudeness, yeah. We, our society is so tolerant. You know, tolerance is preached. Tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. That any disagreement is looked at as being rude. Yeah, that's Actually, rude. in a lot of cases, I might be disagreeing because I love you and I want you to understand the truth. So, don't 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 let this society don't convince you that disagreeing is always rude, but we got to disagree in a, in a in a soft way. Right, that's in a, right. In a loving way. And and it, we'll, we'll we'll stop with this one. <clears throat> How does the golden rule work play in this area of rudeness? Remember the in fact, what's a seven forty seven principle? In, in the context of rudeness, just paraphrase it for me. You're going to be rude if I'm Well, that, that, that's... Yeah, that, yeah I, I hear you on that. But what does the 747 principle say? One thing safety. You don't feel safe with around rude people. Okay, well, what does the 747 principle say? Be a little bit of rude. You'll get a little bit of rude back. No. Jesus has shown the ultimate courteousness to us that and, and, and that we cannot be we, we will not be rude or discourteous to others why because of what he's done for us you see that I'll make sure we get yeah, some of that's not as easy to say is it but you, you, you see the point on that all right so we will start there make sure you uh, uh, go over page 17 we're going to uh, go over that on Sunday night thank you for all your good comments uh, next Sunday. I, we're never going to do this place. <laughs> With all the stuff going on. <laughs>